And so there on that moment, we, we read Hebrews, uh, sort of a, a big chunk of Hebrews in the beginning um, that I want to just explain real quick before we move into uh, what I want to talk to you guys about today. And today, what I want to talk to you guys about is denying yourself. Uh, this, this concept uh, that Jesus himself spoke about to deny ourselves. But before we get to that, I want to just touch on this because it's important that all of us are on this, this one page. So Jesus died for our sins, amen? He became the Lamb of God who was perfect and without sin, but he took our sin. And the Bible says here in Hebrews 10 that Jesus is also our high priest. The high priest back in the time of Israel when they when they did sacrifices, the high priest was in charge of looking at the sacrifice, making sure that the sacrifice was good enough. And if the sacrifice was good enough, then he would go ahead and slaughter whatever uh, animal it was. And that would cover your sin. Uh, you can read it in Hebrews 10 later. That would cover your sin. It wouldn't actually take away your sin as the perfect lamb Jesus Christ did. There's a difference between covering sin and taking away sin. Covering sin means you can uncover it. Taking away sin means you won't see it again. And so Jesus does that for us. He presents himself as the perfect Lamb of God before the high priest, which is himself. And so he's presenting himself before himself, seeing that the sacrifice is good, that it is perfect and it is awesome, and that that takes away our sin but once and for all, the Bible says, it doesn't take many times. See, the thing that Jesus did for our salvation, the thing that he did for, for the finished work on the cross where he took away sin, those are the things that we as believers need to sit down and rest with him. But there's other instances where we need to stand up as Jesus stands up. The example that the Lord gave us that night was that there was this man named Stephen. Stephen was a deacon of the church. And, and normally the deacon is handling things inside the church. But this time he went outside the church to preach the gospel, to preach about Jesus Christ. And they killed him. As they were killing him, he saw the heavens open. And he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Therefore, when Jesus sees you in turmoil, when he sees that you're going through something, he stands because he's after you. He's interceding for you. He loves you. He's, he's, he cares for you. Every aspect of your life. So he stands in that moment. So there's times where Jesus is sitting. He sits down when he finished the work. But there's time where Jesus stands up and he stands up for his children. So us as believers, we need to sit down where Jesus is sitting down. And we need to stand up where Jesus is standing up. But a lot of times what we do is we're standing up trying to acquire acceptance from God. And, and trying to acquire his love. And, and trying to acquire salvation where he is sitting down at the finished work that he already did. So don't stand on that. Sit down with Jesus Christ and stand up for what he stands for. Amen? Are we, are we good? Alright. So today I want to talk to you in that concept of the church. Where the Bible says here in verse 25, not to forsake the assembly. In other words, in other words don't neglect getting together as a group. Don't think that that's like, like the last thing on your list. Like I gotta, I gotta worship, pray, and and and, and go to 
and church, maybe I'll get together with my brothers and sisters. No, that should be the, the, the one of the first things on your list. You prioritize your own life. I'm not going to tell you how to do that. But it should be up there. Like, don't neglect. The Bible says do not neglect the assembly of the brethren, of the saints. Why? Because when we come together, we can encourage each other. We can motivate each other. We can use the different gifts that God has given us to bless each other's life. It might be that the preacher is preaching, but he receives a word from someone that's not. I may be worshiping here and someone comes up to me and gives me a word. What if that person didn't come that day? That's the important part of us not neglecting the assembly together. That's why Jesus says where two or three are gathered, he'll be there. Now, is he with you when you're alone? He is, right? Amen. And, and, and the same way, when we're together, he, he just likes the unity of the body coming together and saying, let's worship Jesus together. He, he is pleased and he enjoys that. That's why he said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be there. Like there's, there's no and ifs or buts. If there's two people together, if me and Cynthia are at home, we can have church. We don't need Jesse and Ponch and all of this. It's nice. But two or three in his name, there he is. Now, when he sees the collective, when he sees people with different personalities, when he sees people with different nationalities, when he sees people with different places that they come from, and he sees them come together to worship, you know what that's a picture of? Heaven. It's just like heaven. So with that said, we're talking about the church today. And we're talking about denying yourself. So let's go to the book of Mark. The book of Mark. Eight. Here we go. Mark eight, chapter thirty-four. Amen. Amen. When you have it, please. Amen. I heard one so far. That's two. Amen. 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 All right. It says like this, verse thirty-four. We'll read. Um, 35, just two verses. When he, uh, when he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself or herself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Let me read that again. Let's just read what he says. Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Amen. Amen. So that's pretty intense. But let's break it down a little bit. Because God has a word for us in this. This concept of denying ourselves. A, a pastor that I heard uh, put it like this. He put his, it was so funny. This guy is really funny. He said, have you guys ever heard of something called Spanx? It's like an undergarment that normally women wear. 
It's like tightens things up, you know, and like you look thinner. Well, they make it for men now too, by the way. Just, just for us, just for us. Don't work for men like me, and more like if you got a little, then it'll tuck it right in, right? And you feel like you're skinnier than you should be, or than you are. And so, he said that for some people, they think denying yourself is just like space. You wear it, and you feel thinner, so it, it tends to lead you to eat more. So when you're eating, you don't notice that you're growing as much as you are until two years later, you take off your spank and you are bigger than you used to be, amen? And so denying yourself is not masking what is in you or, or the, the things that you're dealing with. That's not denying yourself. Denying yourself is not putting stuff in the closet so that when the visitor comes, it looks clean. That's not denying yourself. But see, for most of us, we think that that's denying yourself. Okay, I can't react like this. I can't be like this. I need to be like this. So I'm just going to suppress this. I'm going to hide it from people so that when they come around me, I look good. But in reality, when I open the closet door, everything falls out and it's a big mess. Have you ever cleaned out your closet? Maybe not. It's been a few years, maybe. But when you clean out a closet or a room, it gets messy in the house. It gets messier than it used to be. Because there's things in there that you're like, oh my God, that's where this was? I've been looking for this for 12 years since I graduated high school. This is where my high school shirt was this whole time. I've been trying to wear it to see if it still fits, but it's been deep in my closet. And so all of a sudden you're cleaning out the closet and it's a big mess. But for us, we think that self-denial, I mean, denying yourself, excuse me, we think that that's putting everything away in a neat pile so that we don't have to deal with it. And that's not what denying yourself is. If we read it really closely, I love it because it says, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. You see, brothers and sisters, denying yourself is not hiding everything in the closet or wearing spanks to make you look good. Denying yourself is being preoccupied with Jesus Christ all of the time. Amen. Or every chance that you get. That's why he starts with me. He who comes after me, whoever comes after me, will deny himself and follow me. So it's sort of like a, sort of like a shelf with books, right? And at one end is Jesus. In the middle is denying yourself, but at the other end is Jesus. It starts with Jesus and it ends with Jesus. He is the Alpha and the Omega. De denying yourself is not uh, a suppressing character and things that you don't want people to see and hiding it. Denying yourself is going after Jesus Christ, being in love with Jesus Christ. As much as he, he loves you, you just fall more in love with him and going after him, ha having relationship with him, having communion with him, praying to him, praying without ceasing. That is denying yourself, following Jesus. And then Jesus comes into our life and he sees the nice 
clean house. And he says, I want to take everything out. Let's open up the closet. And that's when, when things get a little scary for some people. Some people run away. They're like, no, it's too much to deal with. Uh, especially new people. Uh, when they're, they're barely Christian and, and God starts bringing stuff up. Like, hey, you, need, you know, you need to practice patience. And, 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 you know, like your humbleness is sort of like, you know, we need to work on that. We need to open the, the, this closet and we need to we need to bring everything out because I'm not gonna judge you. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm I'm, I'm not gonna put you down. I, I'm gonna clean this out so that I can fill all of your areas. That's why Christ does that. That's why denying ourselves is not even about ourselves, to be honest with you. I know it says denying yourself. But it's not really about us. It's about being busy with him. And all of a sudden, you don't realize it, but now you're engulfed with Jesus. And all you want to be with is Jesus. It's not about, oh, I'm not going to do this particular sin anymore. And I'm not going to do this sin anymore. And I'm going to try with all of, my, all of my power and all of this and all of that. No, it's just preoccupy yourself with Jesus. Commune with Jesus. Don't go to Jesus just, just when you need him or, or, or only when you're going through something. Go to him in the good time, in the bad time, in season and out of season. Go to him. That's denying yourself. And all of a sudden, you're not yourself anymore. And for so long, we've been thinking, man, denying yourself, that, mean, that, ha that definitely has to do with yourself. It has to do more with Christ and less with us. It's all about Jesus Christ. Are we in love with Jesus? Amen. It's all it is. Just falling more deeply in love with him day after day. And I can show you this in the word. I can show you a great example of a whole group of people. Not just one person. So let's go to Acts chapter 2. Verse 44. Yeah. 44. Amen. You have it? It says, Now all who believed, let's, let's read this slow, listen to this. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, meaning like their stuff. And sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church, the church, daily those who were being saved. So you see, brothers and sisters, this is a great example of denying yourself of a whole group. No one told them to live together. No, the apostles didn't stand up and say, hey, we want everyone to sell their homes and their cars and their possessions and their, and their vintage stuff and their antique stuff. That's really expensive. Uh, we want all of you to sell that stuff. Bring the money in. God's gonna bless you if you bring the money in, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna share it together. You, you know, we'll make sure everyone eats. They didn't say any of that. No one told these people. 
people. Hey, we should get together from house to house. We should pray. We should worship God. And we should eat together, by the way. No one told them this at all. This was a group of people that were used to denying themselves, being going uh, after Christ, having relationship, and just going after the things that the Holy Spirit had blessed them with. And now they were doing things that were crazy. This is insane. The, 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 the notion of this hasn't changed. Think about it as today. Think about a group of people that is a church and they say, hey, we're going to sell everything, all the homes, all the cars, everything we got. We're going to bring our money together. We're going to buy some land over here. We're all going to live together in that place. We're going to eat together, breakfast, lunch, dinner. We're going to praise God together. We're going to eat the next day again. We're going to praise God together. We're going to go around town and we're going to bless other people. And that's what we're going to do because that's what God has called us to do because we're denying ourselves. You would be like, well, I gotta go to work tomorrow. What are you talking about? But they were so involved with. Do we love Jesus in this room? They were so in love with Jesus that they didn't even notice. All of a sudden, people were like, "Let's sell everything and let's get together." They're like, "Yeah, let's do it." Why? Because we love Jesus. No one was like, "Wait a minute, though. I have a. I got the doctor's on Wednesday, and I don't know if I can." I don't know, like, I got to go here. No, we, they denied themselves. No one told them and said, hey, uh, you know, I was going to go to Hawaii next year, but God put it in my heart to give you my vacation money because I know that you're in need. No one told them those things. They were denying themselves because they were preoccupied with Jesus Christ. Amen. No one said, hey, you got to give more. Hey, you got to do more. No one said that. They did it on their own. A whole group of them, I mean thousands. The first day when Peter preached, 3,000 came to the church. And it says that people were at it daily. These were the weirdos walking around town, skipping and dancing and whistling worship songs. And people would be like, what's wrong with you? Look at, we're, we're, we're in the Roman Empire. This isn't fun. This isn't nice. These Christians were being killed on the daily, every single day, but they were denying themselves and loving each other. Amen. They were loving each other. Praising God and having favor with all the people. You know what that means? That means, like I said, they were going around town praising God. And people would just give them stuff. And they would give it back to the, to the community that they belong to. This is not a message, by the way, about you giving your stuff. This is a message about you just being so engulfed with Jesus Christ that you forgot about yourself. That's it. Don't think that this message is only for you, but also for me. But if you're a leader in this church, if you're a worship leader in this church, if you're just someone that comes to this church, I want you to understand this word today. That denying yourself is a part of the Christian walk. And a lot of us, it's so hard to deny ourselves because we make it about ourselves. Make it about Jesus Christ. Saturate yourself with Jesus and his word and his presence. 
Go after him on a daily basis, and you will see that you're going to start doing some crazy things that you never thought that you would do before. Changes you're going to make. Numbers you're going to have to erase from your phone. People you're going to have to unfriend on Facebook. Because we're so engulfed with Jesus that, man, I just can't. And I know for some of you, you're adults, and you might not understand that, what I just said. But I remember in my life there was a time where if I kept hanging out with the same people, I was going to go down the same road. So I needed, I needed for my life, for me to be where I am today, I needed to cut those relationships. All of my friends, at one point or another, for the most part, I would say maybe two weren't addicted to meth, to crystal, to, to that powerful drug. And I saw one of them in the mall once after I was already going to church. And this young man, let's see, we were about 25 then, 26 maybe. And I saw him, and he looked, he used to look like me, like I look now. And when I saw him, he looked like art. That skinny and scary looking. And I looked and I saw him and I recognized him, which was a miracle in itself. And I saw, oh my God, Rick, what happened to you? He's like, oh, you know, I got addicted to this drug. He did it once, just once. This drug is so powerful. Sometimes it just takes once. And he kept doing it. And I said, man, I probably would have been going down that road if I hadn't done that. We forget about those things now that I'm 10 years in preaching and, you know, but I lived through that. I had to live through that. So denying ourselves, brothers and sisters, is not necessarily about ourselves. It all has to do about Jesus Christ. And this church right here, the early church that started right when, when the Holy Spirit descended 50 days after Jesus Christ had gone to heaven. 50 days, the Holy Spirit came upon them. Peter got up. It, the people thought that the apostles were drunk. Peter got up and gave a message, a long message about Jesus Christ. 3,000 people came to the Lord that day. And ever since then, they were just engulfed with Jesus Christ. So much so that they started giving everything away, selling things to, to bring to the community. They were all in one accord. That means they were all in the same mindset, the same spirit. Doesn't mean they were in one car. They were in the same mindset and the same spirit. They were all uh, breaking bread from house to house. You know how we do the potlucks? This is where that started. This is where the, the first potluck originated. <laughs> they all brought food together. Hey, I brought the beans. I don't know if they ate that back then, but... We do so. I brought the beans, I brought the rice, and, and the chicken. Make sure the chicken's cooked well because you can get sick. Um, and, and let's get together, let's break bread, let's worship God. 
deny ourselves. And that's what God is calling us to do, brothers and sisters. So when you go through stuff, the first thing that comes to you is not, how am I going to fix this? But my Savior has this. He's in control. He's, he's in charge of my family. He has everything in his hands, my job, my, my family, my schooling. He has everything in his hands. And I'm so engulfed with him that, you know what? Myself doesn't matter. God will provide. He always provides a way. I tell this to Cynthia all the time. Hey, God hasn't felt us yet. We are the church, brothers and sisters. And God has called us to follow him, Jesus. And we love Jesus in this place.